Hello everyone and welcome to Nice to Meet You. This is your host Simone and this is a podcast of conversations with friends and strangers where we talk about life and lessons learned along the way. Today we're talking to Alana and Alana is someone that I met last year right before quarantine happened um, and we talk about that. Um, and she has this amazing platform called We Are In The Flesh where she does kind of what I do, which is like interview people, but hers is more of a video series and it's about getting people to really connect. In this conversation, we talk about what's been up, um, how creating content has been going and what she has planned for the future of We Are In The Flesh. We also chat about one of my favorite topics on the podcast, I guess, um, social media and our issues with how it's run and how it affects us and we also chat about her goals within um this year so check it out yeah so alana what have you been up to and how have you been (laughs) (laughs) i'm so sorry to even start like that what have i been up to since the last time okay yeah how what have i been how have i been great fine (laughs) A lot has changed. My whole life has changed since last February. Um, Let's see. Still in a panoramic. Hate it. How long (laughs) did you expect, um, like, back in March of last year, how long did you you expect the um, pandemic to actually last? Um... I mean, I think when they told us to go in the house in March, I thought maybe like April or May, we would actually be done because that's what they were saying. They would just, it, I think I was going based on like what the school system was kind of talking about, even though I wasn't in school, but when they were like, these kids are going to finish school or like their semesters or whatever. And then, and then super stupid people and like Trump and they were like, when it gets hot, like they, I just was, you know, going off of that. But then I don't know when so many people started dying so quickly like the numbers were rising I was like this might not be done for a while especially since everyone wasn't really like trying to wear masks and like stay in the house I was like this is gonna last for a while because people are hard-headed so yeah I wish that we didn't think we'd still be sitting in it now though no definitely not I thought that we it would be like by summer and then I was like maybe by November and then yeah yeah yeah. I mean, I had trips planned that I thought I was still going to go on. And I mean, I have a lot of friends that still like went on their trips, you know, but um, I stay with my older parents. So I was just like not risking it. Mm-hmm. But um, I definitely thought I was still going to be able to like do those things. And then like I kind of pushed one of my trips for last year to this year thinking like, oh, maybe in May because my birthday's in May. I was like, you know, like I'll be able to go and you know, because I wanted to do like road trip the PCH, um, but mm-hmm. California is like not the move right oh, now. Not like, at I all. Feel like <laughs> they are really struggling with these numbers. So, and that's how it was last year too. Like they were getting hit hard back then. So, I think it's just going to be a while before I get out there and yeah, can be relaxed. Because I don't know. The idea was like masks and vacation to me. Like that's stupid. Like I'd rather just like wait. <laughs> the whole point is freedom. <laughs> Yeah, like, I don't want to, yeah, exactly. Um, So how has your platform changed since the pandemic? Like, doing We Are in the Flesh without being able to travel? Damn, so, like, before the pandemic, I mean, you know, I film people in in person. You know, getting with people in person is, like, my favorite thing to do. So um, I interviewed a lot of people 
via Zoom last year. A lot of that footage has not even been edited or put out yet because I just lost a lot of drive and like reason to live juice last year. (laughs) (laughs) I was just not uh, feeling it. So I was still going through the motions and getting the content when it came to putting it out. I was just so like, blah, like I was just, you know, posting where I could. And I mean, you know, once it hit, you know, around June, the summertime, you know, all of the George Floyd stuff happened. Um, And then my attention was on that. Uh And I was really just trying to figure out how to use my platform and my voice in a way that was meaningful from in the house because obviously you know like i wanted to protest and do all those things but again like living with my older parents and knowing that they wouldn't feel super comfortable with me being around thousands of people i just decided to stay in Mm -hmm. so you know i really like took the time to build like a really massive google document with a lot of resources and i was trying to you know talk to a lot of different people about their experiences with racism um and i mean white folks and black folks and just trying to get i don't know people to i don't know just kind of touch on the pieces that they were kind of scared to touch on before maybe felt yeah. like more um uncomfortable touching on before i don't think that black people have any issue touching on racism at all (laughs) but when it comes to you know white folks i think they definitely obviously do so um, yeah yeah i feel like it's hard um the, the only hard part about talking about racism is like so it's like you're telling a white person something that happened and they start asking questions and it's like do you not believe what i'm saying or like i'm not sure how to explain this to you I feel like that might be like the hard part. You know, I never really talked to my white friends about racism, like before then. Um, you know, I I grew up in Columbia, Maryland, and it's a, it's a melting pot, really. Um, and everybody's kind of friends with everybody. Like all the, there were no like white parties or black parties. Like everyone was just like at the party. Um, And I guess there was racism, but not really, like not that I remember. Um, So it never really came up. Like we never really had like the racist parent issue or like people were just, you know, so we never really talked about it. So last year I had a lot of friends call me sobbing and like apologizing for like, racism (laughs) I was just like please don't do that because this is awkward as fuck like because you haven't you personally like yes I guess everyone with some sort of privilege has like played a part in some point because like turning a blind eye or like not speaking out or whatever but I don't know it was just very weird having the conversation because I think they just saw me as Alana and they didn't see me as like my black friend Alana and mm-hmm. even if they did, I didn't really feel that that was the case. And so I think when they called, they were like, oh shit, Alana's black. Like kind of <laughs> thing, which is also an issue because that whole I don't see color thing is an issue. Mm-hmm. And to notice my difference isn't bad. Like that is definitely a good thing. Yeah. Um, but to like notice it and respect it, you know, instead of just saying like, I'm just going to treat you like everyone else and not look at it. So, you know, it it was a very interesting time um, 
and, and, and hearing a lot, I mean, I have a lot of mentors from like college and, and that I just pick up mentors. It's like, I collect <laughs> them. <laughs> and a good, and half of them are white women that are older. Um, and it's, uh, and it's funny how they like were calling me and I mean, really pushing out that Google doc I made like to their friends, their family, reading all of the books in their book club, like with all their like rich housewife, mm-hmm. white folks and like coming back to me like this was crazy like talking to me about it and I mean it's just interesting how everyone kind of like processed that time because I also have a lot of black friends that like wanted no part it was like do not ask me for help don't call me don't call don't cry to me you know where for me personally I just didn't really mind like Mm -hmm. I just I really do like I don't know if there is anything I can do to help anyone like I don't mind doing that and maybe it's not like my job or responsibility to do so but these were already people that were like in my life you know it was like people I loved so it wasn't like strangers so I felt like more inclined to try to help or explain where I could and, and I saw that they were trying to make an effort to like be better yeah and so, it seemed genuine and yeah so I didn't mind but I'm glad that that's over like it's still happening but there no one's calling me crying <laughs> asking me for you know but the conversation what was like the sentiment different. that they had like when they were calling it was like what was what were the common things that you would hear them say i think they just couldn't believe that it's that black people went through or go through what we go through mm. like i think they were just so sad that it was something that, that that just doesn't happen to them so they never thought about it and like now this was being brought uh, like into their face that like you know we are not equal and even though like they themselves treat everybody equally in their brain, they don't realize that like by just having white skin, like there is a sense of uh, safety and and cover that you will always have in this country. Like, you don't, you just live life. My mom always says like, you know, like they're just free, you know, like <laughs> they don't have to, they're like birds. It's like, you just walk outside. You don't have to worry about like, anything am I gonna get this job am I gonna I think it was just them like they were just so uh which is crazy to us because it's like obviously this country is racist as shit but like to them they some people just genuinely did not know yeah it's really wild especially because um everything that's happened since like Trayvon Martin like it's been what five years yeah like (laughs) where have you been since then (laughs) You know, the Black community, though, has, has, we've been the main advocates for, like, Trayvon Martins and and all of the folks. And so there are so many people that have died <laughs> from police brutality. Like, I could not even begin to name all of them. And they all deserve to be named. Um, but it's always been people of color advocating for those people. Mm-hmm. Um, and so now the reason why it took off so much is because there were white allies involved. Needless to say, some of the attention was not real. Like some of these, you know, like corporations or businesses or influencers that were just trying to say it just so they're like, we don't want to be viewed as racist. So we're going to- Right, the same thing that they do with like Pride Month where everybody Exactly, it's like, y'all don't care about, you know, this, right. So- but I do think that that's the difference because this has been happening for ye- for decades, you know, 
Um, but the only reason that George Floyd was such a hit was because not only was it a nine minute video when everybody was stuck in the house, but like white people were like taking to the streets and being a part of it, which made other white people say, oh, okay. Like if it's just black people doing it, which is sad, but if it's Which is really us, sad. I hate that. Like, yeah, like if it's you know? just us, we're not heard. Like we yeah. really do need that allyship. And we need like genuine allyship, not like for show. Um, so yeah, I mean, I forget what your question was. Sorry. Yeah, I think we went off on a wide tangent, but it was about um what the what white women um were saying to you. Like what was like oh their feeling about that? Like or um yeah, they common just sentiments that they had. They just couldn't believe it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, this is just so funny. I'm like, po- it was really just like, you know, a bless your heart moment, which was like, I was disgusted, but also I was like, I mean, these are, these are my friends and like, they've never done anything shysty to me. They've always, tr- their families, I mean, like I've never felt any ill from them. So I couldn't be upset with them, but I just also couldn't believe that like, damn, like you really haven't seen, I mean, most people like white people hadn't seen like brutes and like, I don't know, just like, and they don't teach all of the shit that they should in school. So, like, I don't know. They really just don't know anything. Yeah. Yeah, it's interesting because there's so much Black content that I feel like has come out in the last year. Mm-hmm. And also, there's so much Black content that was re-released on Netflix that I like, you know, like Moesha and all those other shows from UPN and everything. Like, yeah. I didn't realize, like, how black the content was back then. And then what happened like, you know, like in middle school and high school, like where everything, there was like, I don't know, like it didn't feel like there was much like solely black content. Now we're kind of finding, finally getting back to that. Yeah, I agree. I agree. Or like, yeah. Cause I mean, most like casts would have like one or two main black characters mm-hmm. if they were even considered like the main character. But yeah. And yeah. I was thinking about it, like how many shows don't have like any white people like oh any white yeah that's rare yeah that's rare any white people that's rare and if that happens it's like recent and there's still like an extra or at least one yeah um so i want to actually i'm curious about um so i have like this thing where i feel like we all should just create our own content we should all just be like constantly creating things like maybe like instead of just instead of just watching movies we should be making movies like independently and yeah. um i'm trying to ask like and how specifically creating um a social media network of sorts is going so i myself am a very creative person but i am also a perfectionist which i think i covered last time so I have a lot of ideas and a lot of things that I want to do that I don't put out unless I feel like they're absolutely perfect. I'm evolving as a human with that. So it's like I am starting to put out things even if I feel like they're not perfect because I'm just like, we're just having fun. We're just following our passion. Let's just put it out and whoever likes it, likes it. Whoever doesn't, who cares because I like it, which is like the healthy way to look at creating content for yourself. Mm-hmm. Um, social media is the bane of my existence. I don't like social media. Um, I think that it's a tool. I think that it's really helpful. I've met a lot of amazing people through social media. Um, so it's necessary, but I, I 
I don't like my relationship with the likes and the algorithms and the gratification that you get from someone else thinking what you make is cool. And like the whole purpose of what I create is not so people think it's cool. Like I want people to feel something. I want people to relate to others. I want to bring people together. And that's like the gist of it. My multimedia, so my my business, I only make money through my business because I contract through my business. So whether I'm like using my skills in companies because that's what my job is now, I work as a contractor. And so, you know, which is amazing and I feel very blessed, but as far as like we are in the flesh itself and the content that I create in that, like just filming people or bringing people together for the good spill, which is a discussion like workshop series I made for people to create initiatives to help in communities or help with the people that are like in the group. Um, or like the book club I was telling you about before we hopped on here, like anything to bring people together, that doesn't make me any money. But I'm also not doing it to make me money. I'm doing it because I just really like putting people together and seeing them vibe and seeing people connect. Um, Social media has this way of taking the joy out of like (laughs) what you do. And I think that, and I don't want to speak for everyone, that's just for me. Like, and that's what I'm kind of trying to get out of like this feeling of whatever I put out, it must be what the trend is right now. Or what, like if people are doing threads or if people are doing this like TikTok dance for this reel or like whatever, mm-hmm. um, that's what I need to do in order to get the algorithms right so that I can get the eyes on my stuff. And like, sadly, that's the disgusting game that we have to play to pump up our businesses. But that piece of social media is not my passion and it turns me away from the whole idea of it mm-hmm. so I'd rather just film people and bring people together and create my shit that's what I'm good at like figuring out everything that goes into my own brand in that way but when I have to think about okay what do I strategically have to do that isn't aligned with me but I have to like play the game specifically to get the views that's when I'm like that's when I lose my reason to live juice. That's when I stop yeah, creating. I feel that. I was, I'm thinking about like what make what would make the perfect social network. Like, how do you make a? Because like, okay, the algorithms algorithms are getting in the way. Mm-hmm. Um, I hear that like a lot of like follower counts will get in the way, likes get in the way, things that like I guess quantify things get in the way. What do you think would? What do you think we need to take away from social media or put in there in order to make it more like social? I don't think algorithms need to be a thing. I don't think that you should see people based on how many followers they have or how many times they comment or how many times people comment on their stuff. I feel like it, whoever posts shit at 7.46 a.m. and then 7.50 a.m. and then 8.30 a.m., like you should see that in order as when people post it, like a timestamp. Mm-hmm. It shouldn't be based on what based on what you like what's more popular to you and i understand that instagram itself because i mean everybody's seen the social dilemma so it's like i understand that like instagram itself or facebook itself whatever it's a it's a business so they're like if we only see people scrolling for two seconds versus two hours we want to change it so that you're always scrolling for two hours which is kind of sick anyway because it's like why can't you just allow me to like go live my life if i want to do that Mm -hmm. but um i think that if 
I think that if people just had an equal chance of being seen on a timeline, that would just, um, that would just annihilate a lot of the toxicity because then the folks who aren't going to buy the bot followers and the people who aren't going to show their tits or do every single TikTok dance or hire a whole film crew to take pictures of them every single week in different locations, whatever, mm-hmm. um, have something creative to say, you know, just like you, just like me, just like any other creator who is not necessarily, I don't know, trying to like sell something, but has like a good message and like a good purpose behind, you know, the theory, you know? So, um, I just feel like if everyone had an equal chance to be seen without it having to do with like followers, I think that would help. And I also feel like if there was I don't know, like maybe if likes weren't a thing, to be honest, Mm -hmm. because I feel like if someone really vibed with your content, they would follow you and they would comment, like they would talk to you, they would, you know, but it's like, you know, I remember on the social dilemma, they were talking about how like, it was like the creator of the like button who now doesn't work in social media, like in Silicon Valley at all anymore for ethical reasons. Like he literally, he was like me and this other guy created the like button because we genuinely thought that people would feel like good about themselves. Like we thought that this was gonna be a positive thing. And now suicide rates are higher than ever. Wow. With like, you know, Gen Z and also in the millennial generation. And a lot of it has to do with social media and people feeling like I'm not good enough. And the fact that you can put two people next to each other and it's like they're doing the exact same thing, but one person has more likes than the other for whatever reason. And a lot of it is just because their content is being seen more because of the algorithms, not because yeah. the other person is necessarily like better than them. But people, you know, process that is like, I am not worthy of like being in this space or like my content is trash or I shouldn't even try. And a lot of people end up giving up or think that their ideas are stupid. And I think that, um, I don't know, it's, it's just really sad. Yeah. I don't know how you can make social media something that isn't led with ego because, you know, we're all human beings yeah. and people want attention and that's totally fine. I mean, I want attention, like, you know, whatever. But um, I don't know. I, I've seen people try to make platforms. Like I saw one that was just like, this is just the, for positive stuff. Like it was a, literally a... Um, an ad on Instagram, like the other day that I saw. It was like, I don't know, everything that was posted on there were like meditation stuff and like um, inspirational quotes and like Mm -hmm. post the good things that happen in your life. But if you want to talk about the bad things and it's not weird, which I like the idea of, I think it's good for people to show all sides of their life. Um, But I was like, this is still social media. And same thing with like Clubhouse. You know, it's like at yeah. first I was like, I thought I was like, this is a great idea. People are going to have to like show that they have a brain. People are going to have like <laughs> have to have good content. And then it turned into now all these people talking about how they're like real estate or Bitcoin or podcast gurus trying to tell everyone else how to like live their lives as if they're already like Jeff Bezos or something. Yeah, that was something yeah. I talked about on a recent podcast also about how I find it so weird that like I, I was in a clubhouse room and I find it so weird that um, 
it was like one of those influencer rooms where they're talking about how to gain followers and how to do this and like how to promote your stuff. And I'm like, yeah, you can, it's so crazy to me that you can sell that type of information in order for people to sell that, you know, like, I don't know. It's, it's very weird to me. It's very and it's like, me. it's something that I'm never going to spend money on or attention. I don't know. Like they said that clubhouse was supposed to be like a place for like genuine connection, whatever, whatever. And then every time I got into a room, people were talking about, this is how you get more followers on Clubhouse. How do you monetize Clubhouse? How to, you know, moderate a real good room, like whatever. And I'm just like, why can't you just let people come on here and be themselves? Yeah. It's like, like attracts like. So the people who are looking for your specific kind of content are going to find you because they're going to type it in the search bar and then your like room will pop up. You can curate your own hallway, but it's like, Mm -hmm. why in every room... Like I hopped into a room and like at the beginning of the year and it was like, oh, everyone talk about like what you want to do this year with new content, whatever. So I'm telling them like, you know, what some of my goals are for this year. And then somebody was like, have you ever thought of doing a podcast? And I'm like, no, no, (laughs) I haven't because that's not what I'm doing. You know what I mean? I'm just like, no. And then there's like, oh, well, you should make a podcast because there, was a, there were all these podcasters in there. And I'm like, yo, like the podcast pool is so saturated mm-hmm. that it's like for me as someone who does not have a passion to make a podcast to hop in that is stupid. You know what I mean? Like I respect everyone making a podcast. I love listening to podcasts. I love it. But me personally, what I'm doing is not a podcast. Mm -hmm. And these people were literally telling me how with what I have and what I'm trying to create, how I should do a podcast. So it turned from like them saying, let's just all talk about our dreams and support each other to these people hopping in like, well, there's room for everyone and you should make a podcast. And I'm like, (laughs) (laughs) okay. Like, (laughs) thank you for your time. I'm going to hop off stage now. Like, I didn't come here to be told what to do. I just came here to, like, vibe with some folks. And now it's a 40-person room of people talking about my podcast. (laughs) And I'm like, oh, God. Like, I got to go. Yeah. Well, what what are some of your goals for this year? Well, I definitely want to create a healthier relationship with social media when it comes to my business. I might delete my personal Instagram. I'm still like on the fence about it. Um, Just because for the past couple of, I saw this documentary a couple weeks ago called Fake Famous on HBO. And they basically turn these very normal people, their goal is to turn them into influencers in like a month. And one of the girls ended up getting like over 300. She started out with like, 2,000 followers or maybe like 1,500. She ended up with like 300,000 followers, like just because they put her in the right place at the right time. When I saw that, um, I kind of just completely separated myself from social media because I was just like, this is disgusting. I mean, someone literally like pulled up a, a picture of like clouds on their TV and then bought like a $12 toilet seat and like put it up to the TV, looked through the toilet seat and someone snapped the picture and it looked like they were on a plane wow it was wild like and they were like this is what these influencers do like everything is fake nothing is real this girl literally (laughs) was in her backyard had like a whole bunch of fake rose petals around her head and blew up a kiddie pool somebody stood over her head took the picture and she tagged that she was in milan 
and she was like in Texas in her backyard. That's so crazy. I like, I don't know. Oh man. And so it was so disgusting to me that I separated myself. And I think that one of my main goals this year, which is why I'm about to buy this iPad today, um, is to really make creating fun and to really, um, make we are in the flesh exactly what I want it to be, not based on what I think other people will like. Mm -hmm. I know my ideas are good and I haven't seen what my ideas are out there. And I do have like, like platforms that influence me and do similar things, but it's not the same is what I'm trying to do. Um, So I think just like making more groups, you know, like the good spill discussion group that I have, like the book club, like getting more groups um, under my belt just to, you know, kind of create an actual community. Because when I think of We Are In The Flesh, I don't think of it as a business. I look at it as like a social club. Yeah. A place where people can come and literally like hang out and meet people. Yeah, just a good place to be. (laughs) Yeah, like I can't wait until the world opens because I really, I mean, long-term goal, like I really want brick and mortar like spots for We Are In The Flesh. We Are In The Flesh New York, We Are In The Flesh Atlanta, We Are In The Flesh LA, We Are In The Flesh Detroit, like whatever. Mm-hmm. where people can literally come and have events or just like hang out and study or somewhat drink. of like a like a co-working spot literally like co-working but not necessarily co-working because I don't want it to feel like we work mm-hmm. or like some other you know place that's already like a co-working space I want it to be a little more relaxed than that mm-hmm. I still want it to, I don't like it shouldn't cost you 150 dollars a month to like come and hang here mm-hmm. you know like you should be able to just like bring your friends and like I don't know maybe there's like an indoor like dog park like you know like whatever <laughs> like you can bring your dog like you know what yeah. I mean like no, I'd love that for <laughs> too so then people can feel like yeah let's just go to this place that's down the street from my house mm-hmm. and we can drink coffee and hang but also there may be something really cool going on that we can check out yeah could that um, be like a non-profit it could be. And okay. the Goodsville, um, the discussion series, I was thinking about just making that its own thing, like making that a nonprofit. So then I could basically make all of these buildings like under that. Because the good spill is like, okay, these are just good things, good things that are spilling over, the good shit that we're talking about, like whatever. And then that's like the piece of that. So having all of these different little things under the We Are in the Flesh umbrella, like that is my goal so I think this year just really trying to pinpoint exactly how I want to structure that and then also finding my place within within that because I mean I feel very like I said very blessed that I'm able to do like contracting work and like make money doing what I love for companies that I believe in um but also since I'm so busy doing that contracting work it's very hard to actually do like the stuff for we are in the flesh and since I was so kind of like dead inside last year until the end of the year like <laughs> I kind of lost time so I need to like pick back up on that I also applied to um NYU for grad school so wow I'm waiting on feedback so I'll probably get that within the next couple of weeks but that'll determine whether I'm staying in Maryland or whether I'm moving to I mean yeah well yeah whether I'm like moving to DC or whether I'm moving to New York. Where okay. So what are you going to grad school for? Just curious. Yeah. So um 
the NYU Gallatin School of Individualized Study um, is a program where you can kind of mesh everything that you love and want to study. You can pick like two to three focuses. So I picked social and cultural analysis, film, and business. Mm. And so um, it really is like applied psychology, film, and business, basically. It's like <laughs> a lot of psychology and sociology classes and then film and business. Um, but I did that because I just really want to understand people and the folks yeah. that I'm trying to like bring together like more than anything. Um, so that would be like the main focus of it. And then like film and business would be like kind of, I don't know, like a couple extra classes during the semester. Okay. But I, I'm excited. We'll see. That, no, that sounds awesome, especially because of all the goals that you have. Like, it's so, I don't want to, I feel like ambitious makes it sound like it's out of reach, but like, it's so like, I don't know. I'm excited um, <laughs> <laughs> to see what you do. Cause like, it's just such a grand idea. Um, have you started like making a team? Cause I feel like, I feel like we've talked about the fact that you yeah. like to like just control everything and like, because you're a perfectionist and everything. Have you tried <laughs> to like um, sort of search for a team that'll help you like with these goals? Yeah, so one of my really good friends, Ale, her name's Alejandra, everybody calls her Ale. Um, she's been helping me with the Good Spill discussion series. She is amazing and she is the complete, we have very different personalities. She's like very relaxed, very zen. And that is like what I need. Someone who's very like, it's not a failure, it's a lesson. Like we did it, it was an experience, and now we're gonna do it this way next time. Versus me where I'd be like, oh my God, this is so embarrassing. <laughs> like, you know, like, so with creating this, it's like to have someone to bounce your ideas off of and for them to be like, no, that's brilliant, that's not stupid, like do it, let's do it. Mm -hmm. It's it helped me kind of execute a lot versus when I was just like by myself and I was like, no, 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 that's not good. And then I just like, you know, take forever to put something out yeah so she's been helping me um but I think that this year and next year will be like I'm thinking about hiring and like an intern or something like going to like a university um for like a communications major or like a film major or like a graphics major or whatever and just being like all right I need help like building this brand because so because honestly to get like some like a Gen Z like media I don't know focused college student to like handle my social media mm -hmm. and like help create graphics that would be key you know if I could just hire my weaknesses as I call it like that would be great because I can create the things it's just about the execution and like not being able to do everything by myself because I really feel like consistency is also key like when with rebuilding my relationship with social media yeah and so it takes a lot to plan what you're gonna post and to edit and to make things look right and with me working 50 hour weeks for the black women's health imperative i'm a special projects manager for them so um with me working 40 to 50 hour weeks with them and this is very important work and work that i love it's very hard to write after be like okay and now I have the bandwidth to like create this whole thing like for myself too which sucks because that's how a lot of people with businesses fall off it's like you don't really have time to invest in your own stuff so this year I think finding balance in that and and like trying to figure out how I can disperse the work and like who I actually want to work with 
Yeah, I feel that. I'm like, I don't know. <laughs> I have so much different, so many different things that like, um, I want to like so much different content that I want to put out for the podcast. And I definitely feel you on that about just not having the bandwidth yourself to do it, but also not knowing who to actually, I don't, I don't know. I'm trying to figure out what else I want to put out for the podcast. Yeah. Um, I feel like I should be on YouTube now. Um, mm. but that's just a lot, you know? <laughs> yeah. You know, YouTube is definitely, um, an amazing platform obviously and a lot of people are using it and what i think is really cool about you wanting to use it is you actually have something to say mm -hmm. you actually have content to put up it's not like someone that's telling someone else you're funny you should make a youtube you know because even though that happens and that's fine um there's just like too many random ass little people talking about like what i ate in a day you know what i mean and it's like i'm not interested i don't yeah. care, you know but i do care what you have to say you know mm -hmm. um so i think it's cool and i think that you should bring your amazing content to youtube to make it a little more purposeful because i think a lot of people just think if i'm just like cute and put my face on something then that will be my living and that will be my success and it takes a lot of work and a lot of grit and a lot of drive to like be really successful for the long term and i don't think a lot of people realize that so yeah. But I do think that you could actually like make some money Word. getting on YouTube. So <laughs> yeah, I'm like I don't know. I feel like I'm on. I'm not really here for money, you know. I'm here for a good time. I'm here to like do things um, that matter to me. You know, like I've started doing different community service projects with the podcast, and yeah. you know, it's really just about like connecting people and connecting to the community. Yeah. Um, but I guess you know, like if the money just goes back to the community anyway, that'd probably be a good thing too. So you know. Um, yeah, I mean, and, and like you said, I mean, I totally agree. Like I said, like, you know, what, what I'm doing, I don't expect anybody to be like, yes, like, I would like to pay, <laughs> you know, <laughs> it's just literally like something that just like gives you so much like purpose and joy to do because it's your yeah. passion. But I, I do think if you, since you're not doing it for money, I do think that YouTube is a good way to get more eyes on what you're doing, though, so mm -hmm. that more people can join your community and like, help with the community service stuff that you're putting together like that's a good resource for that I think too definitely I read this thing it was like I think YouTube has like the most the largest community out of like any community like any what do you call it, like social media platform yeah. so it's like when you like put something on um damn I'm trying to think about I think it, it might have been like maybe Instagram and then it was also like Apple podcast they had like the different amount of like the total population that consumes that and YouTube has the highest for everything. So it just makes more sense because there are more people, the more probability of it being seen to put things that on YouTube. That makes so much sense. I feel like I should probably start putting more into my YouTube channel too, but I was just using YouTube specifically to embed videos. <laughs> so like, I literally should probably start like trying. Yeah. But I don't. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Um, I'm trying to think, I feel like, so being an extrovert and being in quarantine, how has that been for you? I feel like for me at the beginning, I was chilling because it was like, whatever, I'll just hang out at home. I'm learning how to hang out at home. At this point in quarantine, I'm like, okay, I need a party. <laughs> how are you doing? <laughs> um, so I thought I was an extrovert. I don't think I am. Oh, I think okay. I was like weirdly exhausting myself before because I felt like I had to. Mm -hmm. Um. I feel like I'm, I don't think that I'm an introvert, but I think I'm one of those ambivert people. So like, 
I definitely get my energy being alone. Like I definitely have to like pull back and reboot before I can get out around a lot of people. Um, because when I'm around a lot of people for too long, I think it drains me. Mm-hmm. Um, so in the beginning, I was really struggling because I felt like an extrovert. <laughs> I felt like this is stupid and my life was so full and now I'm just in the house. What I realized is that I have filled my life just as much or more so than it was when the world was open, which is wild. So Mm -hmm. I'm still very busy and have a very full life, but I'm just like not with people in person. Um, I do miss parties-ish. I don't really like, yeah, I miss like going to like a lounge or like a Mm -hmm. spoken word night or like going to a museum or like going out to eat. Like I miss the experiences that I had with people since I was sober for so long I had stopped going to parties like a while back but I wouldn't mind going to a party just to celebrate (laughs) the end of quarantine I feel like that would be lit so I feel like that'd be so fun especially if I could go to California or New York to do it that would be great I'm scared of the end of quarantine party because that thing is gonna last for a while (laughs) it's gonna be a banger I hope it's during the summer too because it's like (laughs) everybody can just you know I mean, just really, you know, stay out for days. <laughs> Literally, <laughs> take off work, like. <laughs> yes, yes, for real. Um, but I mean, yeah, I think I'm. I think I'm getting used to it. You know, all of this time in the house. I mean, I've really grown as a person. I've really learned so much about myself. Like, I have grown as a woman so much in the past year. It's really beautiful. I don't know if it would have happened if this time wouldn't have been a thing like I feel like kind of being around so many people all the time with no breaks was kind of like hindering my growth in yeah. some way. I so feel that like, you were just filling time at some point you know it's just like oh let me just have fun you know like you didn't have I feel like for me specifically I should talk for me it's like it was just more fun to be outside and less fun to be and no reason to really be productive but with quarantine now it's like this is actually time that you could use to be productive yeah I mean for real though and like I mean I last year you know I was working in a job that absolutely hated you know I wasn't making like any money working at the job that I hated I wasn't necessarily like happy with me as a person which I think is why I was kind of like obsessed with the fact of like meeting other people bringing people together because I was just trying to find as many people as possible that I could relate to as well because I did feel very alone in like my life situation thinking like I'm trying so hard and I feel like it's just really hard <laughs> to to attain this like success that society says that you should have by 27 years old. Um, and I don't know, like now my whole entire life is different and I love my job and I make money that I am okay with or have very happy with and I don't know. Everything's very different. I, I, and I'm looking at my business a completely different way too. Like, I feel like my business and my brand is growing with me. It's not mm-hmm. as, I don't know, just like one track minded as it was before. Now yeah, they're like, wow, there's a lot I can do with this. And this could be really huge if, you know, I deliver the message the right way and like work with the right people. 
Yeah, I feel that. I definitely feel that about the podcast too, like how it's grown over the past two years and like how it just started mm-hmm. as a thing just to talk to people, to have fun, like, you know, gather people. Um, and now what I want to do with it in the future. Yeah, like, so I think quarantine was like good and I'm I'm okay. I'm ready for it to be over. But I do think that it was necessary and it did let me know that like from here on out, like I do need to make time for myself because that's not something that I was doing before. So now I know that I'm the kind of person that like needs time alone to like be a hundred percent when I like re-emerge <laughs> in my like recluse like hobbit area. Yeah. <laughs> I just think of like coming out of a cave of like quarantine and like seeing the light. Yeah, I'm like um, literally <laughs> blinding yourself with the, the, the and somebody just hands you a wine glass like oh yeah you're like humble felt skin with your beard and you're yeah like that's what I see like coming out of the crevices like oh (laughs) how many years has it been (laughs) like okay so one thing that you did mention on the last episode was your choice to be sober and now you're no longer sober what made you like decide to unsoberize (laughs) unsober yourself (laughs) I was scared it's like I'm kidding um so basically so basically um so you know when I got sober in 2016 um 12-step program and like everybody that was in my life at that time became like a huge part of my life um like they were like uh, when you're sober well for me when I, when I got sober, um, I really kind of only wanted to hang with sober people. Like Mm -hmm. I still had friends that weren't, but it's just like, obviously what we want to do for fun. Like if y'all want to go to the bar, clearly I shouldn't go to the bar. Cause like, I'm gonna be bored drinking water, you know? So, um, it's just like once quarantine happened and I wasn't, I guess, seeing them all the time. And then like, meetings went virtual and then like all that extra hangout stuff that you were doing before or that I was doing before whatever it wasn't a thing anymore and so it kind of gave me time to think like okay why did I get sober in the first place Mm -hmm. because I was an absolute nut in college and I was just like a party fucking freak and I was just like going nuts and getting in trouble and um so it was good that as soon as I graduated from college I got yanked out of that and then was able to get my wits about me and like become like a you know contributing citizen (laughs) of society instead of just being like this party animal um but then you know as like a 27 year old you're like okay I've been working for years being sober has been lovely but also I don't necessarily feel that if I had a drink that my entire life would end Mm -hmm. you know and um So I genuinely, I always had questions, you know, regarding if I was like actually an alcoholic. I knew that I drank way too much in college, but I was like, also everyone I knew drank way too much in college. So like, was it because I was just around a whole bunch of people who were drinking crazy or do I actually have a problem? So I think within that time of me not going to meetings and kind of like thinking about it and like not really being around all of the people that I was always around that was telling me like, you have to come here, you have to do this, blah, blah, blah. Um, I was like, okay, well, I'm gonna just like dip. And then, (laughs) 
like I was like I'm just kind of gonna like quit now and yeah. then, thanks for your time <laughs> you know like this four years has been fun I feel yeah. like it's like graduation in like a normal situation <laughs> um so I was and then I was just like you know obviously if I actually do have a problem I'll be able to notice that very quickly and I'm not stupid enough to get arrested again you know what I mean I have way yeah. too much to lose at this point in my life so it's like you know, all I would do is just like come back and I might have my tail between my legs and be embarrassed. Like, fuck, I shouldn't have left. I just threw away four years of sobriety. But at the same time, I genuinely felt in my heart like this season of my life is over. Like it has served its purpose. I have grown. I am not the same Alana that I was at 22, 23 years old. Mm -hmm. And me drinking now with my adult ass friends that just like drink a glass of wine with some pasta and just like watch bachelor and go home versus like, you know, whatever happened in college, hang out <laughs> at like four in the morning, you know, just the, the yeah. insane book of stories that I could write if I really wanted to. Like, um, I just knew that that wasn't me anymore. Mm -hmm. And I was like, if it's going to happen at any time, it needs to be now in quarantine where I don't have to sit here and feel guilty and resent these people that I'm like hanging out with that I feel like sometimes is out of like obligation because I've been doing this for so long and so I left and every I mean everything's fine and then my life is fine and even now like you know I don't drink like that you know I feel like um I just have too much shit to do I don't have yeah. time to like be drunk um I used to like love smoking weed I started smoking weed very young and I quit obviously when I got sober and like mm -hmm. at 22, 23. Um, and then last year when I left like sobriety, I was like, I'm going to be one of those classy people that invests in the weed industry and I'm going to have my dinner parties and smoke <laughs> weed and whatever. Yeah. And I smoked weed, girl. I almost had a panic attack. Oh shit. <laughs> I was literally sitting there like measuring my heart rate. Like I was it was wild. I oh, was like, God. I'm never fucking smoking again. And then my friend gave me this THC juice, which obviously is different when it like, I guess I don't know, the your it, it processes in your system differently, I guess. So it's a different mm -hmm. kind of high. Anyway, I was high from like 2 p.m. that afternoon to like 8 p.m. the next day. Jeez. Like I could not turn it off. And it's because my system was so pure that me just like coming back into the game with this like extraterrestrial <laughs> yeah. fire that they have just like come up with in the past four years mm -hmm. <laughs> that is not the same as the like 2015 shit that I was dealing with. So I was just like, weed is not for me anymore. That was fun. Never doing it again. Yeah. And then with drinking, it's like, you know, I'm not really partying because I have too much shit to do. So that's cool. Yeah. That's awesome. Because like, you don't have to feel like you have to like restrict yourself. You've like let yourself back out, you know. Exactly. And it's nice to be out with my friends or like to go out on dates. And then, you know, because every time I'd be like out somewhere when I actually would say yes, and they'd be like, oh, like, let me buy you a drink. Like some like guy or whatever. Mm. And I'd just be like, oh, I'm a cheap date. Like, I'll, say, <laughs> like, I'll take a water. Yeah. Like, I'll take a sparkling water. There are times I would go to the bartender and be like, okay, let's try something fun. Let's do like pineapple juice and like cranberry juice. But then also like a little bit of sparkling water and then like a lime. And then they'd be just be making this drink for me. And I'd be like, okay, how much? And they'd be like, you're, you're a good girl. It's <laughs> They'd be like, no. They'd be like, 
they literally i knew because they were having fun with me and doing all the things but they were just like you are sober as fuck and we feel so bad mm-hmm. and you can just have this for free. honestly i would feel so <laughs> bad like for yeah <laughs> for any sober person in any bar like yeah yeah they were just like oh girl <laughs> come back when you time. need more <laughs> like unlimited yeah, bottomless right. i'll make you some more juice whenever you're ready <laughs> <laughs> all right well i guess those are all the questions that i have for you is there anything else that you want to talk about anything you want my opinion on anything you want to mention huh i mean i guess i would have to say i guess what is the most important thing that you've taken away from this time at home in quarantine and like as we slowly re-emerge into the world as the rumble stilt skins we've become it's like what do you what do you hope to gain what do you Mm. hope to keep upon re-entry okay um let's see i i'm working on like creating a routine right now because i'm a person that likes to just like be around doing things and like um Yeah, I love spontaneity. I love, like, I would hate if every single day looked like yesterday. Um, Yeah. Like Groundhog's Day situations. Um, So I feel like I'm trying to learn how to be more productive. Um, Mm. With all the time, it's easy, you know, just, like, get things done. But I want to actually be, like, um, be someone who doesn't procrastinate. (laughs) Um, So I... um, I I'm doing this, um, it's like this girls group with this um, nonprofit called Soul Programs. They work with um, students in DC in high schools. And it's like a girls group. And like we did this activity last week where we had to do this little affirmations thing where it's like, I can, I will, I am. And mine um, is I am an anticipator. So that way I do not procrastinate. Um, So I think that that is like, those are like the two things that I want to start doing is like not procrastinating. what like being more um having routine and then also um the alone time thing i feel like when i was outside i was like i don't know i would do something almost every single day after work so it was so different um when quarantine first started just being at home and having nothing to do and um now i feel like i'm a lot more comfortable just chilling at home so i hope that when the world opens back up i'll just have friday nights where i just sit in the house and don't do anything (laughs) yeah I love that. You have to remember to like take care of yourself and make that time for yourself because as soon as the world opens, it's going to start demanding every piece of you all over again. And like the people that we are, we're going to go and we're going to allow it to. And so, you know, it's hard not to when like, it's like, it's life, right? Like you have this one moment, like time doesn't, you know, time doesn't set back. Like, yeah, it's, yeah. So it's, it's, I'm like the person that always wants to like catch the wave, but yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, you have to live for sure. And we're still young, like do it while you have energy. Cause I mean, Mm. there's going to be a time where you're going to be like, if y'all don't stop calling me, (laughs) like I'm tired. (laughs) Like, yeah. But at the same time, um, you know, I think that a resetting is something that I didn't even like think of before. And I think now I know that it's so important yeah. for like my sanity. And yeah, just to go yeah. in like to the balance thing you were just talking about, like I too am also trying to figure out like what is my routine so that I can actually like read every day so that I can actually meditate so that I can actually work out so that, you know, like those are the things that are important. So you actually can fit in the things you feel are vital to your existence outside of working and i heard that waking up early is like the easiest way to like create a routine because it just gives you so much time but i love being up at like 4 a.m 
Um, oh yeah, I, I think I you go to sleep at midnight. Before. Yeah, like my favorite time is like I don't know. It's the world is quiet. Stay then. up until four. <laughs> you stay up until four. Yeah, yeah, I will. Wow. Um, I haven't like. In 2021, I've like set a bedtime at least during the week to try to be in bed, not asleep, but at least in bed by midnight. Um, so I'm trying, yeah, but anyway, yeah. Um, so how many hours do you sleep? Usually like, like if you were to go to bed at four, then what time do you wake up? Um, so usually I sleep about six hours. Um, okay. If I go to sleep at 4 a.m., I could wake up at nine and feel fine. Okay. Well, yeah, I mean, I'm glad that you have the freedom to, like, just wake up at 9 or 10 or 8 or, you know, whenever you want. You know, yeah. I think that's... Then, yeah, go to sleep at 4. Fuck it. Because I was going to say, like, <laughs> if you literally have to, like, wake up at 7 or 8 and you're going to bed at 4, I'd be like, damn, I cannot do that because I, like, need sleep. Like, if I don't get, like, at least 7 hours of sleep, I'm, like, a monster. I'm horrible. I'm not a morning person. Like, don't get me wrong. You know, it's like, it's not like I'm, like energetic in the morning it's just that I feel rested enough <laughs> yeah yeah I get that yeah I try to wake up kind of early but um I mean yeah like my first alarm goes off at 5 30 on a good day I won't snooze it but usually I wake up at like 6 30 <laughs> wow. that's I'm still like, early like that's still like a lot for me because I'm trying to like I'm trying to get up at like seven now and then like jump rope before work and like jump rope and walk the dog before work you know it's like really try to be you know like a productive person before I sit down you know and like I mm, it's rough it's tough <laughs> I believe in you we'll see we'll try again this week <laughs> all right do you have anything else um that's on your mind that's it okay cool it was nice chatting with you again it's always fun and um I look forward to all of your initiatives and yeah, I'm excited for when the world opens back up. <laughs> Yay, yeah. me too. Thank you so much for listening. Please go check out Alana's platform. We are in the flesh on Instagram, YouTube, and also there's a website. We are in the flesh.com. And while you're looking up things, go subscribe to the podcast on iTunes, Spotify, or SoundCloud. You can also follow the podcast on Twitter, and Instagram at NTMY Podcast. Check out the website, ntmypodcast.com. And if you have any questions, comments, concerns, suggestions, or just something you want to share, you can send those emails to ntmypodcast at gmail.com. Thank y'all for listening, and I will see you next week. <laughs>